Drink wide, Vancouver. Free game, post game, every game presented by Bodog for sports odds to free casino games. Make a play at Bodog.net. Wadden and J-Pat here with you once again with another edition of the post game show. It feels like we just did this, by the way, because we did. Uh, Canucks win as well, 4-2 this time over the Chicago Blackhawks. And uh, listen, if you're a tankist, listen, get off that tank, leave, because this team right now is a wagon. They're on fire three in a row, and they just can't seem to lose right now. Yeah, uh, back-to-back weekends, in fact, where they go back-to-back with victories. Last week, it was Southern California. This week, uh, the stakes were raised a little bit, at least starting in Dallas. And then, uh, like last week, it was... L.A. and Anaheim, there's no travel involved there. Ducks aren't a very good team, neither are the Blackhawks. Uh, I suppose, on balance, this outcome was predictable, just based on the way that the Canucks have been playing of late and the way the Blackhawks are going and the way their season has been going. But uh, Canucks were pushed, at the very least, into the third period. They got a bit of a a gift on the bounce that uh, led to the tying goal in the dying seconds of the second period and then had to kill off a couple of penalties in the third. Now, the Blackhawks don't have much firepower. That much was evident. Uh, but the Canucks penalty kill again, stepping up, getting the job done. And I thought that was uh, a key moment in this hockey game. And Colin Delia down uh, the two stops on Tyler Johnson, the Scorpion save. You know, it's a one-all tie at that point. If Johnson scores there, all of a sudden the Canucks are, you know, chasing to tie the game again. But uh, Colin Delia comes through and then Elias Pettersson takes over. And if the save off Tyler Johnson wasn't the turning point, then Dakota Joshua steamrolling Lucas Reichel was because ultimately and there was just a lot in that sequence, the hit, the response of Mackenzie Entwistle, the uh, recognition on the part of Dakota Joshua that the Canucks were off to the races there. And there was just no point in the tight game and having to respond to the hits. I mean, that's been a lot of talk in hockey of late. Uh, Dakota Joshua just was patient and uh, off went Ethan Bear and Elias Pettersson put the Canucks in front and they didn't look back from there. So big hit on one of Chicago's better players. I don't blame McKenzie Antwistle. The season's going nowhere. He's trying to, you know, carve a name for himself and, and a job in the NHL, but it takes two to tangle and Dakota Joshua, you know, recognized that that wasn't the spot and that he shouldn't necessarily have to fight just because he steamrolls one of the Blackhawks' better players. Uh, by the way, Lucas Reichel, Damn, that guy's fast. Like very good player. Yeah, yeah, Looked good tonight. Yeah, uh, scored for them yesterday. Ends up getting the goal six on five to make it a one goal game. I uh, had a couple of flashes there. His speed was noticeable, but Dakota Joshua caught him with his head down and absolutely drilled him there. And then, as I said, Elias Pettersson scores what uh, twice in a minute and three seconds span, and it goes from a one all tie to a three one hockey game. And the Canucks were pretty comfortable at that point, uh, even though the Blackhawks did chip away and get back within one. But you know, it's not just three victories for the Vancouver Canucks. It's now ten and two. In their last 12 games, it's 13-4-1 in their last 18. And under Rick Tockett, they are 16-9-2, which gets them back to 500, or at least NHL 500, on the season at 34-34-5. and five. So lots of numbers there, but ultimately it's up to 73 points. Yes, uh, the sweepstakes, forget about it. No longer are they, uh, I mean, the Blackhawks, uh, another loss for them. They're fine with that. Uh, they remain lumped in with San Jose and Columbus and the Anaheim Docks. Uh, but for the Vancouver Canucks, creeping up the standings at uh, the wrong time of the year and in the wrong year when you look at, you know, the grand prize, obviously, in this year's draft. But uh, uh, it's just, you know, too many nights where guys like Elias Pettersson take over 
and take charge. And this was another one uh, where Pedersen scores twice up to 35 goals on the season, and the Canucks win it by a score of 4-2. to two. This might not be a popular opinion because of the old rivalry that used to be between the Canucks and the Blackhawks, but I wouldn't hate Connor Bedard going to Chicago. I think it would be good for the NHL to have a player like that in, in, in a hockey market like that. Of course, it'd be great if he could come to Vancouver, but that's just not going to happen. And honestly, the way this team is playing right now, it's like they don't want that to happen. And you got to love that from Dakota Joshua. It's a 1-1 game at that point. What are you going to do? Fight the guy? Like, they're going down the ice, and ultimately it leads to a goal. I've been praising Joshua uh, for his calmness on the ice, for that presence, but that was a beautiful hit. And, yeah, that is the kind of thing that I'd love to see out of the game at this point. Like, I understand why you're, you're sticking up for your teammate, but at the same time, too, like, you get blown up, you get blown up. Like, you got to get back into the play. You're right. Chicago's not playing for anything right now. So maybe there's more of a, a matter of pride or, you know, sort of showing your worth uh, to the higher ups for, on a play like that. But uh, again, on Dakota Joshua's part, uh, fantastic uh, patience from him there. And of course, leading to that goal. And this is just more and more that we're starting to see. He's like an onion. We're starting to see different layers to Dakota Joshua in his game. Yeah, well, he had scored the last couple. He doesn't score in this hockey game, but he contributes. And it would be impossible to sit here and say that he didn't have a hand in the outcome of this game. I mean, that was a big play. You want him to be physical. He's a, a big body, and he certainly has that in his bag of tricks. And he's not going to score every night, but he's into double digits and and then some. He's got 11 goals on the season. So, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of wanted to see if he could extend his goal-scoring streak to three, but you can't sit here and say that it was a quiet night for him because uh, in a pivotal moment, in a tight hockey game, you know, he recognized that the guy was there and was able to to run him over, uh, and then the Canucks take the puck and, and do their thing. So, uh, like the fair bit of the the third period, I know that the Blackhawks ended up out shooting the Canucks 17-10, to 10, but a lot of that on the power play, and then again with the goaltender out, but in a tight game against an inferior opponent, again, it stands to reason that the Canucks' top-end talent's going to take over, and sure enough, Elias Pettersson with a pair, Brock Besser, uh, seals the deal into the empty net. Besser was a little unfortunate that he didn't score 10 seconds into the third. Yeah. And that looked like vintage Brock Besser. He yeah. scored the goal last night in Dallas with a pretty good shot off the rush. But that one, you know, Miller makes a nice cross-team pass. And Besser, with some time, absolutely ripped it underside of the bar and out. So uh, a little unfortunate for him. But uh, again, you know, you get an empty net goal and you get that scoring chance from the Miller line. Then you get Pedersen scoring twice, one at evens and one on the power play. The Blackhawks just don't have those players anymore. I mean, they traded away Patrick Kane. They traded away Max Domi. Uh, Jonathan Taves, uh, his career is very much uh, up in the air right now. It's been an incredible decade of success with the three Stanley Cups there. But yeah, absolutely. They are stripping it down and... uh they just don't have top-end guys. I mean, that's five straight losses for Chicago, outscored 22-6 to in that time, and only three victories in their last 15 games. So I pointed out on Twitter that Taylor Radish was the only forward that they had in their lineup tonight that had more points than Ilya Mikheyev, who had 28 points, and then his season was shut down at the All-Star break. Uh, so, I mean, it just, again, how do you win in the NHL if you have one guy that has more than 28 points? And uh, as a result, they don't win much. They're still on the schedule for the Canucks. One more meeting with the Blackhawks here in Vancouver. And I point that out because the update now with a couple of goals tonight, Elias Pettersson, 35 goals, 58 assists, 93 points on the season, nine games to go. So he's given himself a little bit of a buffer there. And you think of all right, there's a game to go against Chicago. There's still one left against Anaheim. Final game of the regular season in Arizona. 
you know, there's three teams that uh, give up an awful lot, and you would think that uh, Elias Pettersson probably rubbing his hands with glee uh, with his eyes clearly set on that target of 100 points. Needs seven to get there over the final nine games. I wondered if Aiden McDonough was going to crest 10 minutes of ice time, and he did just that. <laughs> 10.03. I saw your tweet uh, after the uh, after 40 minutes there with Aiden McDonough. One goal, or one shot on goal, that is, on four attempts. Had a couple of chances, though, and didn't uh, look out of place, really. He's got pro size, and we've talked about this. I remember seeing him out at UBC at development camp. Uh, you know, there's a lot of younger guys there, guys that had just been drafted. Uh, he was a little more seasoned, a couple of years older, and you can't teach size. I mean, that's the old saying in hockey. He's got pro size. There's no doubt about it. And yeah, I mean, a bunch of things about his night, starting with Rick Tockett and a, a nod to the coach. I just thought that was pretty cool. You know, his parents have flown in there. They showed him on TV, his sister as well. You knew he was going to play, but you didn't know that he was going to be out there for the opening face-off. And beyond that, he's out there in the middle between Elias Pettersson on one side and JT Miller on the other. Quinn Hughes was on the ice for the opening face-off as well. So, you know, you try to create a memory for this kid. Who knows how much NHL hockey ultimately he's going to play. You hope that he has a long and distinguished career, but this much we know that he's getting a game. And so Rick Tockett, I thought, uh, you know, you're trying to build trust with a guy as well. I, I think that'll go you know, to, to great lengths. The, that's something that Aiden McDonough is going to remember, that the coach could have put him out there with his usual line mates, that he still would have been excited to be out there for the first face-off of an NHL game, but instead he's out there with the best players on the Vancouver Canucks. So I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, he won the face-off. As I watched his night, and he played under four minutes in each of the three periods, so he barely crested three minutes in each of the periods between three and four uh, and yeah, in a one-all tie going to the third, I mean, we've seen how Rick Tockett has shortened his bench and guys like Pud Coles and Kravtsov, you know, they've been forced to watch. Kuzmenko at times has been part of that as well. And sure enough, I mean, you know, the Canucks had to kill off some penalties early on in the third period, and then they got the lead, and now they're protecting. So Aiden McDonough didn't play an awful lot. But as you said, he just crept over 10 minutes. Uh, early in the second period, there was a battle along the left-wing boards in his own zone, and it looked to me like the first example of the speed of the game. Uh, maybe him not recognizing he had some trouble. He looked like he had time to make a play and maybe overthought it for a split second. And you just can't do that in the National Hockey League. Might be able to do that in college. Uh, this is the pros. This is the big leagues. And he had trouble. And ultimately, the Blackhawks forced him into a turnover. Again, not the end of the world stuff. But we're sitting here watching you know, our first look at him in a, in a Canuck uniform. So I made notes of the things that jumped out to me. But then a few minutes later, you know, very nearly scored with that Jack Rathbone shot on the loose change that was lying in the feet of Peter Morazic, and he banged away at it, uh, couldn't get his stick on it there. And then in the third period, Ethan Bear with the uh, the shot, and he was parked off to the side of the net. And again, uh, you know, looked like he might have an opportunity to break the one-all tie. It didn't happen for him. But uh, all things considered, when you look at his night, 10 minutes and three seconds of ice time, uh, you know, the Canucks always shot the Blackhawks 7-5. to five. Again, low bar, it's the Blackhawks. You'd like to think that you're going to control the play, but he comes out with a positive shot differential. And you know, I didn't the uh, other than the little blip along the boards in the second period, like uh, positionally looked sound. He had a couple of hits. So, yeah, I mean, all things considered, he's part of a victory in his NHL debut. Uh, let's hope with nine games to go that uh, we get a few more looks at him. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, yeah, you're right. Like he, he looks the part out there. And that's always what everybody says. The speed is what takes them uh, a little while to adjust to. But yeah, again, I, I thought he had a couple of good chances there. And 
you know, we'll see if he it would be nice if he could have buried one in his first game. I'm sure he would have loved that, but uh, we'll let the kid, uh, you know, sort of get his feet wet. Uh, I watched pretty closely. I think I, I wanted to see because yeah, the knock has always been on his skating. You know, I didn't detect. And again, the Blackhawks are about as low a bar as you can get in the National Hockey League. It was a quick game in real time in as much as there weren't a lot of whistles. But I don't think the Blackhawks are a particularly fast team. So, you know, there will be bigger hurdles here as we continue to learn. But he gets this one out of the way, probably, you know, knock a little bit of the nerves off, whatever the case. And now we'll see. Uh, we'll see if we get any sort of update on Vasilipod Colson, who... Uh, Looked like he had injured his hand last night in Dallas and didn't play. Vitaly Kravtsov, I believe, was a healthy scratch. But, you know, if they stay on the trip into St. Louis, you know, do they both stay out of the lineup? Does one of them get back in there? Jack Studnika got plugged in tonight, but, you know, he's been a bit of a bit piece uh, under Rick Tockett here. So there's going to be some decisions, but I would imagine that uh, it's not going to be one and done for Aiden McDonough. I don't know that he plays all of the remaining games, but uh, yeah, it's going to be curious to, to see how the coaching staff utilizes him moving forward. One more game on the trip and then five. And I would think like, yes, you make the pledge to the kid that you're going to get him into an NHL game, makes his debut in Chicago, I would think now that he has one under his belt with five home games to come, that there's got to be an opportunity to play in front of the home fans too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I would, I would see that uh, uh, for sure. By the way, too, on Bester's uh, empty net goal there, you see the the feet there. He was moving. He won the <laughs> battle. I, I thought for sure I was going to get a text from you. I like the pull up too. Very nice play overall by by Brock Besser. Multi point night uh, for Besser as well. Multi point night for uh, Ethan Bear too. Andre Kuzmenko. So uh, those guys uh, adding to their tallies. What did you think of Colin Delia's game? I thought uh, I didn't like the goals so much. Didn't like the first one for sure. The second one sort of well scored it on himself really. <laughs> yeah. But then of course like those two big saves off. Uh, Tyler Johnson, the mid with like a mini scorpion almost, like not a fully extended one, but uh, a nice one at that. I thought uh, Colin Delia, when he needed to be, he made the saves, just didn't love the goals. He's fun to watch. And I think we've seen that. I mean, he, by his own admission, uh, would tell you he's not the most orthodox. He's not a stand up, stay in the crease kind of guy. And so every time that he plays, there's a couple of examples where you know, in the third period, he lost his stick there for a while. And, you know, those things seem to happen. And it happens to a lot of goaltenders. I'm not saying that's an only a Colin Delia thing, but, you know, sometimes he can be adventurous, but ultimately uh, fairly effective. And you know, it's kind of funny because he hasn't played an awful lot. Uh, obviously, Demko's come back and held the crease, but Arthur Silov's had his little run and then got called up uh, for spot duty as well. Colin Delia has one outright loss in his last eight starts. He's 5-1-2. and two. So, you know, where Spencer Martin couldn't deliver victories, mm -hmm. this guy finds a way. It's not always pretty, but it's fairly effective. And again, they've handpicked some starters. I mean, last week again, Anaheim, you know, pretty low event game, uh, another low scoring team, but he got the job done when maybe the team didn't have a, a whole lot going on the back half of back-to-backs and three and four and the same deal here. So, you know, there's one more set of back-to-backs that's out on the final road trip of the season. Five-game homestand after they get off uh, the road in St. Louis. You know, I, I, again, I hope that it's not just one more start for Colin Dealey. I would like to think that there's no need to to play Thatcher Demko and overplay Thatcher Demko. So, you know, as we monitor uh, Aid McDonough and his usage, certainly going to be keeping a close eye on how they conduct themselves with with Colin Delia. But, uh, yeah, when you look at the goals, uh, and, and look, the first one's a shorthanded goal before it gets to him. And he's I know he's the last line of defense as the goaltender, but... The Canucks experimenting with that three forward, two defenseman set, Hughes and, and Roenick. And 
sort of like last night in Dallas with just no urgency on the power play whatsoever. And and then as the Blackhawks are working the puck around the Canucks end and they're down a man and Philip Ronick's out at the blue line, like it, it just, it was weird the way that the Canucks defended in that sequence and ultimately a long shot that, yeah, I mean, didn't look great to, uh, opens the scoring. Blackhawks have a one nothing lead. Lots of time left. I wasn't worried for the Vancouver Canucks. And then the Reichel goal, 6-on-5. Hawks, you know, snapping it around a little bit. Uh, the deflection. Delay makes the save. And then as he goes to corral the puck, you know, hooks it sort of through his body and in. So, uh, yeah, they weren't the cleanest goals for Colin Delia, but ultimately he allowed two. His team got four for him. And he ends up getting a victory. So I, you know, I hope he doesn't lose a whole lot of sleep. He beats uh, the Blackhawks, his former team, for the second time this season. He was in net the night the Rick Tockett took over. Uh, that was Tockett's debut at home against the Blackhawks and here in Chicago. So uh, Colin Delay with a little measure of revenge. I'm sure these victories, oh, I'm sure all victories feel good in the National Hockey League, but two against your former team. Uh, that just has to make things a little bit sweeter. Did you hear Cheech's hot dog stories, by the way? <laughs> I did. Yes, did I, you, I, I mean, I, I honestly thought that was one of the highlights of, of, of the night. Uh, Cheech talking about how he had a hot dog on the bench and then he was having to go into a game, well, mid-hot dog, which I, I thought was quite intriguing. Could you imagine something like that uh, nowadays? don't think you could pull uh, that one off. But I, again, you know, what can you take from the, uh, a game like this, you know, for the Canucks at this point of the season? Because to me, like, they looked like one of those teams that, Knew what they were coming into tonight and knew it was just like, we're going to take care of business, take these two points, get the heck out of here. Right. Like, I don't look at this game in totality and try to make any grand conclusions, but this brings to an end a second straight week of four games in a relatively condensed period of time. This is eight games in 13 nights at home, down to Arizona, to Southern California, home for a couple, down to Dallas into Chicago. So eight games in 13 nights with two sets of back-to-backs, like that's an awful lot. Like, And so I'm not the least bit surprised that this game uh, wasn't exciting, wasn't terribly fun, uh, wasn't well played. Obviously, the Blackhawks uh, struggle most nights out. But I thought for the Canucks, you know, they, they stuck with it. And I, I think they probably believed that eventually you know, their top-end talent was going to get some looks. And then it was a case of making the most of it. And that's exactly what happened and look, they were fortunate. Like, I thought it was going to be a one other game going to the third period. And then D. Giuseppe gets the bounce off Seth Jones and in. Quinn Hughes getting the second assist on that goal. So Quinn Hughes eclipses uh, the franchise record that he set last year. He's up to 69 points on the season. And again, with the nine games to go, uh, that total is only going higher. So, uh, you know, it, Quinn Hughes was held off the score sheet last night in Dallas figures with one assist here. I mm. thought he was going to get a second assist on the yeah. second Pedersen goal. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. It was the double <laughs> deflection in front of the net, unfortunately, uh, that took the point away from Quinn Hughes and Elias Pedersen swooping in behind uh, Peter Mrazek. And just, I don't know, that puck was probably going to slide across the line. But uh, hey, Kuzmenko scored enough goals in the blue paint this time. It was Pedersen that uh, was the last one to touch it. And in it goes. So, uh, Elias Pettersson with 35 goals. And as we said, like I, I'm so focused on the 100-point total for him, but 35 goals with nine games remaining, uh, you know, it certainly stands a pretty good chance to take a run at a 40-goal season. So we'll be monitoring that one as uh, as the situation goes along. Uh, the other thing with the, and I, I talked about the, you know, three defense or the two defensemen, three forward set. 
in the first period. We saw a little bit last night, five on three. I think the coaches had seen enough of it because uh, in that third period, in a 2-1 game, they went back to uh, yeah. you know the old uh, tried and true, even though the power play hasn't been working, uh, but it did work there. And uh, so the Canucks end up going one for three on the night, but they give up the shorty and uh, they hold the Blackhawks at bay in the three power play opportunities they had. And, and again, two of those in the third period when a one all tie, like, you know, say what you will about the Blackhawks, but ultimately you got to get the job done. And the Canucks penalty killers, uh, you know, this is really, it's crazy to think for the weakness to the strength of this hockey club now, but they killed off two penalties, D Giuseppe and Rathbone. And ultimately were, you know, just kind of holding the forward until, uh, Elias Pettersson was able to uh, get the Canucks in front and, and they didn't look back from there. PDG gets his sixth goal. He's now got four points in his last four games. Uh, what are you liking about PDG right now? Because he seems to be fitting in quite well with this team. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's the same thing that Rick Tockett likes. And it's just, you know, an honest effort every night out. Uh, doesn't cut corners at all. Uh, big body that skates well. Uh, has settled in as part of the penalty killing group. Although generally not one of the first four guys out. They usually go Pedersen and Miller and then come with them on and, and Joshua. But PDG has uh, stepped in and stepped up on the penalty killing side. Look, tonight's goal is a fluke, let's be honest. But uh, I thought, honestly, like when I look at the second period, I, I thought JT Miller had a number of chances, including the, uh, I don't know. like uh, One where he was waving at it on the well, doorstep. Yeah, it was like, it was like it. curling there. He was like sweeping, but he couldn't get his uh, stick on the puck. Uh, and then in you know the final minute uh, was set up at the side, and then I think it was a line change, and he came in with speed. And Joshua got the puck to him. Uh, it probably hit the outside of the post, but still, uh, I kind of thought J.T. Miller was going early in the hockey game. Uh, he got bumped by Andreas Englund and looked like maybe, I know the guys on the broadcast thought maybe he was shaken up a little bit, but uh, uh, seemed to be able to shake that off and, and come back. I, I thought J.T. Miller had a, a good night. And again, against a, a, an opponent like Chicago, you want to believe that, if you've got Elias Pettersson and JT Miller in your lineup, that that's going to matter. And Quinn Hughes as well. And, and sure enough, I mean, those guys, you know, Miller has the one assist. Hughes has, I guess, uh, one assist Pettersson with two goals. So yeah, I mean, they factored in the scoring, uh, but PDG, it's just, I, I guess I, I like the fact that, you know, I think he recognizes at this stage of his career that he's getting a real opportunity here to play with JT Miller and Brock Besser. And I don't know if, you know, when Mikheyev is healthy next year, you'd think that's where he would slot in. But he Giuseppe just wants to put his best foot forward here. And we know how much Rick Tockett admires the guys that just play these straight line games and win their battles. And, and he's done a pretty nice job of that. So, you know, six goals isn't going to blow anybody away. But at the same time, I wasn't sure that we would see Phil Giuseppe in a Canuck uniform this year. And for him to have scored six times and not looked out of place on a line with JT Miller, uh, yeah, I think uh, he's done a pretty nice job for the hockey club. I mean, six goals in just 21 games played. That's not too yeah. bad. Like, yeah, you're getting a lot of value from uh, someone like PDG. I actually thought Connor Garland was pretty good tonight as well. I, I mean, maybe it's the opponent, but he generated a couple of chances. And, you know, for a guy that's had a real up and down like, career, basically, especially with the uh, Vancouver Canucks, I, I thought he was decent tonight. Yeah, I mean, rarely do you knock the effort, right? Like, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say that about Connor Garland. It's just that at his price point, you want to see a Finish. bit more of the bottom line. And yeah. and so uh, I know he got, uh, he was on the wrong end of the, the high stick and, and drew a penalty. And that's great. I mean, draw penalties, put the Canucks in the power play. Uh, hopefully they can get things worked out. And it was nice to see them score a power play just because uh, power yeah. play had been ice cold of late. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put this on the Connor Garland highlight reel for his best games of the season, but 
I, you know, I, I would have a tough time knocking his energy level, uh, his effort most nights. And again, I didn't think that that Amon Joshua line uh, was terrific in this hockey game, although we did talk about uh, Dakota Joshua and his contribution. So, uh, you know, I can't say that they... I actually, I, I say that and I look at my notes. If you remember in the first period, I think it was still scoreless at the time, but the Amon line had the Blackhawks absolutely pinned for the better part of a minute. Like, they couldn't touch the puck. And, you know, that kind of thing, you know, in a, in a late-season game against Chicago, not a big deal. But as those guys continue to grow, if they can have those kinds of shifts, like, then if you're the Canucks, you're able to follow it up and, you know, get more offensive guys out there against tired defensemen. Like, that's how this thing is supposed to work. And so... um yeah, I mean, you know, there were moments in this night. It wasn't their best game by a long shot, but there were moments in this hockey game as well. Applewood Auto Group is celebrating 25 years of business, making the car business and our communities better. Applewood offers the best in-class experience, whether you're looking for a car, service, or to join our team. Come find out why it's all good at Applewood. Visit us online at applewood.ca today. The BC Lions are back in the playoffs and hosting the Calgary Stampeders on Saturday, November 4th at BC Place, kickoff at 3.30 p.m. Looking forward to this one, playoff football, BC Place, the Lions and that offense with Vernon Adams at the controls and all of those weapons he has in his receiving core. And you just think about the atmosphere in that building with the fans behind them, the Dome will be rocking, should be a ton of fun. Tickets on sale now at bclions.com and check this out. They start at just 30 bucks. And kids 17 and under can get in for 15. So bring the noise, fill the dome. Rinkwide Vancouver is presented by Bodog, Canada's home for casino games and sports odds where everyone goes to play. Let's head into the dressing room. Here from from the players, Rick Tockett. We'll start with the head coach on how he felt about his team's game. Yeah, I, obviously the first, you know, I don't know. Wasn't happy with the first. And we, uh, we came on at the end, At the end, obviously got a couple of goals. Um, but yeah, the first, you, know, you, gotta, you gotta respect every opponent you play. I think sometimes you, you know. No, listen, I'm happy we won. I just didn't like obviously our start. Yeah, the start wasn't great. The shorthanded goal, of course, you don't love. And they did get their chances early on. But I think we gotta cut some slack, right? I mean... Second game in, in two nights, and of course, quick turnaround as well. Um, so you can sort of forgive them for a poor start, but against a team like Chicago, you can get away with it. Others, perhaps, maybe not so much. Yeah, and I never know what he means by the start because, yeah, they open, Chicago opened the scoring, but it was 16 minutes into the hockey game. I, Brock Besser had a really good chance in tight on the backhand uh, before the Blackhawks had scored. So if he scores there, then again, Jared Tenorti hit the post in the first, what, minute or minute and a half of the hockey game. So uh, Canucks out shot the Blackhawks 10-6 in the first period. Uh, yeah, I mean, they were disorganized on the shorthanded goal that opened the scoring. I, look, there were factors. We touched on them. I mean, I heard John Garrett talking and sort of laying out the travel plans that, you know, got into their hotel at 2 in the morning. This face-off in Chicago was less than 24 hours uh, from the face-off in Dallas. So that is, like, look on a map. Dallas and Chicago aren't exactly, uh, you know, neighbors. It uh, So this was always going to be a test. And as I said, at the end of eight in 13 nights, like, that's a lot of hockey for this club. So I'm not surprised that, you know, there wasn't a whole lot that this wasn't any kind of masterpiece. But in the end, as Tockett said, he was happy they, they pulled out the victory. You know, Rick Tockett loves him some Dakota Joshua. He thought Joshua's play... Was the go-go sports turning point? I put Dak up there and at, uh, on that line there in the second half, and um, 
Yeah, Josh has done a nice job for us. Um, he's um, he's not afraid to hit, and we, you know, I like those type of guys. And that was a big hit, and obviously, kind of uh, started kind of started our game a little bit after he made that hit. Okay, we got to figure out what exactly the shortened form of his name is. Is it Dak? Is it Josh? What is it here? Because the head coach seems to have problems with it. Yeah, but that's good. Like it's multiple choice for Rick Tockett, and he's not <laughs> wrong. You can call yeah. him Dak. You can call him Josh. Just not sure still whether it's a first or a last name thing, but uh, he definitely knows the player and he likes the player. And again, goals the last couple of games, the big hit uh, that turned momentum for the Canucks in this one. So, uh, yep, it's just been a solid run for Dakota Joshua since the coaching change. Colin Delia, of course, making those big saves on Tyler Johnson. He was asked about it post game. Try to get my leg up there, you know, take away space. Um, kind of caught me going the other way. So I just had to plant hard and try and get back the other way. Over the scorpion on the, the second one? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Yeah. Maybe I call it the mini scorpion because he's not as tall as Thatcher Demko, right. but uh, it, I mean, those are fine saves. But you're right. Like, it's an orth- unorthodox style that Colin Dealey has. And he, you know, he's got to work with what he's got, right? But it's funny on the second save there, like when they showed the replay in slow motion, he's anticipating Tyler Johnson getting the puck up. So he lifts yeah. his leg, but yeah. all along the ice was open. Like if Tyler Johnson just slides that thing along the ice, it's probably an easy tap in, but uh, good for Delia. He, you know, it's the mind game. What's he going to do? And kind of call his bluff. Do you think he's going upstairs? And so he got the leg up and in the end, it looked pretty spectacular. Uh, he was a little fortunate too. Uh, although in real time, I think it looked more dangerous than when they slowed it down. But there was that chance on the Chicago power, power play early in the third period, the Reichel shot that went way up in the air. And yes. nobody seemed to know where the puck was. And then it dropped down in the blue paint uh, for a second. I thought it was going to drop down behind Colin Delia. But uh, anyways, they were able to fish it out of the crease and, and get it out of harm's way. But, uh, you know, a bit of a close call there. Yeah, that and right off his right shoulder, it looked like. Which yeah. fortunate, it goes off your mask. You might get that yep. uh, ricochet into the net. So, yeah, fortunate there for uh, Colin Delia. Of course, uh, Aiden McDonough making his NHL debut. Here's a young man uh, post game. Uh, it was awesome. It was uh, it was amazing. Obviously, uh, you know, just to have so many friends and family here, uh, they they made the short flight and um, to share it with my best friend since you know first grade, Jack Rathbone, to be out there with me, uh, and then obviously to get the two points. So it was uh, it was amazing. Everything you, you can dream of. Yeah, that's got to be pretty cool to have a, a childhood friend along your side when you're making your NHL debut. I didn't see it on the broadcast. I don't know if you caught it, but apparently there was McDonough jerseys in the crowd with the fans. I don't know if you caught that. I don't know if they showed it either. I might have had my head down for a moment. No, I did. And I don't know if they were buddies of his. I saw a couple of Northeastern jerseys. So, again, I like the way the Canucks unrolled this, that they gave the family plenty of time, uh, perhaps some friends of his, college teammates, whatever, uh, to get to Chicago. Boston and Chicago, relatively easy to big metropolitan centers. And, uh, you know, so he, he was able to get the, the family. And Dad was buried in the phone, though, when they uh, the one stoppage there. I was like, Dad, come on, your, your son's playing in the NHL. <laughs> Get off your phone, damn it. Uh, here's what the head coach thought of McDonough's first game. I thought he was okay. He had chance. He had two chances there. Um, he had that chance right there at the end. Um, it would have been nice to see him score. But uh, there's there's some stuff there. There's some stuff to work with. Yeah, I think I think we see that as well. There is definitely Oh, I was waiting there. for that. It's a big summer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not there yet. Give him, I, give him another game or so. <laughs> as he stepped off the ice after his NHL debut, I, I pulled him aside. And I, I told him it's a really big <laughs> Good game. Big summer ahead. <laughs> uh, McDonough, though, was, uh, of course, you'd think on your first NHL game, you, you'd have some nerves. He talked about that opening face-off as well. Yeah, I think after the first shift there, I took uh, I took a face-off, which I haven't taken a face-off in like six years. Um 
after that, I, it was kind of just hockey after the first shift. Uh, you know, the first shift, obviously, a little nervous, a little scrambling in the D zone. And then after that, it's just kind of, you know, you're just thinking about the game and, and what's going to happen next in the play that you're not really too focused on being nervous. Yeah, I think I respect you. We're talking even more now finding that out, right? Like, yeah, just go for it. Wing it. See what you got. Right. And it's just a nod to the guy in his NHL debut, but I think he answered it right there. If anybody thinks, can he play some center? No, he's a no. <laughs> he's a winger through and through six years between face-offs. Yeah, that pretty much uh, tells you all you need to know there. But again, I thought it was a cool moment to put him out between Elias Pettersson and JT Miller. And now he's got one under the belt. And again, they go to St. Louis. Uh, guess it probably depends on you know, the health of some of these guys. Because, like, you know, I hope Pud, Col- Pud Colson's not injured to the point that we don't see him again this season. Kravtsov, I think, has, he hasn't done enough to cement his spot in the lineup and could be a guy that comes out here. It'll be interesting to see as well if there are other uh, NCAA signings of note. Of course, uh, earlier this morning, the day started with Max Sasson. Now, he's going to be assigned to Abbotsford. And I had some people reaching out on social asking like why Abbotsford for him and McDonough to the NHL. Uh, it's one or the other. It can't be both when you turn pro out of college. And so what they've done with Max Sasson is they've signed him to a two-year NHL contract, but he's going to join Abbotsford on a pro tryout. And so he'll play for Abbotsford down the stretch here uh, and into the playoffs. And then it doesn't burn his first year of the NHL contract and I'm sure that, I mean, players are eager to do that because that gets them that much closer to their second contract. But, um, you know, McDonough was a draft choice. Uh, he's a little bit older than Sasson. And so I think the Canucks recognize, like, you know, they're just not going to bring in an airlift a whole bunch of guys in at this stage of the season. But uh, they're still linked to a few other NCAA free agents. So we'll see how that one goes. Um, whatever the case, Sasson will go to Abbotsford, turn pro, you know, get some experience and then hit the ground running at training camp. And and I think he'll need next season in the American Hockey League. Uh, and I think Aiden McDonough is probably destined to spend most of next season in the American Hockey League as well. But, yeah. uh, you know, it was more to get him to sign. Uh, the offer was to turn pro, play in the NHL, burn off that first year of the entry deal. And so, uh, yeah, we'll see how much uh, is left of him, you know, with nine games remaining, uh, how many more he plays. Again, they're out on the road, so it's hard to get injury updates and those types of things. But uh, Pod Colson and Kravtsov both came out of the lineup tonight to make room for McDonough and Studnika. Well, I'm glad you brought up Pod Colson's name because we got an update from the head coach. Yeah, uh, day-to-day, you know, uh, a little bit better today, I heard, but uh, yeah, possible Tuesday, but, you know, who knows? So it sounds like he's going to be back at least. I know you mentioned. Yeah, no, that part's good. And there's no rush. Like if it's, you know, touch and go, it's not like they're playing game seven here and they need him. If if it takes an extra, you know, they, after Tuesday, they don't play again until Friday. So if you hold him out for one more game, he almost has, you know, an entire week here to rest up and heal up. You know, it's funny. We started this whole podcast with the sort of numbers, the Vancouver Canucks, the stretch they're on with three wins now since the trade deadline. The Vancouver Canucks have amassed the most points in the National Hockey League. Oh, they're a wagon, buddy. The post-trade deadline Vancouver Canucks. You get to hang a banner for that? Some you sort? do not. No? No, okay. you don't get to print merch or anything. But uh, uh, they have 20 points since the trade deadline. Colorado's got 19. Uh, Vegas and Boston both have 18. The Rangers have 17. If you back it up even further, uh, since February 18th, they beat Philadelphia at home on February 18th. And since then, the Vancouver Canucks, as we said, they're 13-4-1 and 
Only four teams in the league uh, with more points than the Canucks over that span. So again, it's just sort of framing what they've been doing. And I know that it freaks people out to hear those types of numbers, but players are going to play. And uh, this team right now, uh, for whatever reason, they've found themselves in a bit of a groove. Uh, again, this one, you expect them to beat the Chicago Blackhawks, and they did. And uh, they'll move on to St. Louis and try to make it three for three here out on this road trip. We'll get t-shirts made post-trade deadline champions, there you Vancouver go. Canucks. The BC Lions are back in the playoffs and hosting the Calgary Stampeders on Saturday, November 4th at BC Place, kickoff at 3.30 p.m. Looking forward to this one, playoff football, BC Place, the Lions and that offense with Vernon Adams at the controls and all of those weapons he has in his receiving core. And you just think about the atmosphere in that building with the fans behind them, the Dome will be rocking, should be a ton of fun. Tickets on sale now at bclions.com and check this out. They start at just 30 bucks. And kids 17 and under can get in for 15. So bring the noise, fill the dome. So my Bodog best bet today revolved around Quinn Hughes to record two or more points. I only got one. And it, I mean, when the Canucks score four goals, like you'd think for sure it'd be a lock. And you're right. He probably would have got that second one if it wasn't for Petey getting a little greedy there. But nonetheless, it's all good. I missed out on that one. I hit my last two in a row. I've been doing okay. But I thought that one, I was going to take that one to the bank, j but yeah, it didn't happen. Not no, bad. but when they scored, and I made sure I watched the replay because I, I thought for sure, I knew it had been deflected, but I thought it was the huge shot that was deflected, but it was a double deflection. It was Besser, and then it was Kuzmenko, and then Pedersen uh, snuck in behind and, and tapped it home. So if Pedersen just lets that thing cross the line, it's Kuzmenko's goal, and, and he, well, we can't go back in time. We don't have a time machine. That's not yeah. the way it works. So that P- close, but... PD was probably busy today, didn't have a chance to watch the pregame. It's Maybe. been a busy couple, you know, quick yeah. turnarounds and all Absolutely. that stuff. So I forgive him. It's all good. A game and a hashtag is presented by Delaney's OK Tire out on Fraser Highway in Langley. Kicking things off with Ken, who says, hashtag bye, Bernard, bye. Yes, we know that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Johnny Canuck says, PK is in fuego right now. Uh, Strong Belly says, hashtag Rancho Cucamonga. I love that. Uh, Nuckin' Futz says, uh, hashtag PD called game. <laughs> wow. Hashtag, this is from Mike hashtag oel is sol <laughs> all right then uh, don says hashtag mick done a loving it done a loving it all right doesn't really roll off the tongue and then uh ty just he didn't do a hashtag he just had like a you know that photo where the guy's creeping over the grave giving the peace sign yeah yeah yeah, yeah it just says uh, uh it's kuzmenko's face and it says team tank that's being buried there so yeah, it is. It's over, folks. They're going to be picking in the teens. Uh, one of the Ask JPAC questions was whether um, you think they're going to trade away that pick. I know we've already talked about that before, but it's creeping up there. <laughs> like, it's really creeping up there now. Now, listen, there might be guys that are uh, more into prospects than we are and, and would probably say, no, 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 this draft, like, it's deep. Just hold on to that pick. But it, it is going to be quite interesting to see what the Canucks uh, ultimately uh, do around the draft. Uh, I got one ask JPAD here. It's a little tongue in cheek, but uh, Nuckin Futz wants to know Do you think Miller and Petty, uh, Petey have a bet similar to yours involving a certain hot chip in Petey beating Miller's 99 point season? <laughs> uh, I, I, my hunch is no. Uh, I don't know that for a fact, but I can, I can almost certainly uh, tell you that Elias Pedersen recognizes that he has a chance to eclipse the 99 points that JT Miller had last year. And 
you know, even if it was just in fun. I mean, I, I think Elias Pedersen is a shrewd enough operator that he'd love to be able to hold that over JT Miller, that uh, he got to triple digits when Miller came up a uh, point short. And it doesn't diminish what JT Miller did last year. That was an incredible season. But remember, he went into that final game in Edmonton and uh, Bruce Woodrow played him a ton. In fact, they went they overtime yeah. and just uh, wasn't able to hit the score sheet with the one that he needed to get to 100 points. But uh, uh, I think EP40 is driven and at this stage, he recognizes that the playoffs aren't going to happen for the Vancouver Canucks. So if he wants to internalize a little bit and take on some personal challenges, like I have no issue with that at all. But do I think that they're going to stand at the front of the locker room and, you know, do the hot chip challenge? Yeah, not so much. Yeah, he says it would be pretty funny to see me and uh, Miller do it together. But uh, <laughs> probably would be, actually. Um what do you think, though, when it comes to Elias Patterson? Because we always talk about JT Miller and how that 99-point season is probably his outlier season, although he's been like a point-of-game player since he's been with the Canucks. Yeah. What do you think this is for Petey? Like, it, because it doesn't feel like this is the outlier season. Like, it feels like he's leveling up. Yeah. I think at his age, like, he's coming into sort of that statistical prime where I'd like to believe that he could have, you know, three or four years like this that, yeah. you know, we're a hundred points. Like now that he's shown himself what's possible again, if this team gets better, they surround him with better. The power play has been up and down. I still think the power play uh, has the potential to, you know, really be a turbo booster and be a top five power play that, you know, goes to town on a lot of nights. And really when you look at the power play, uh, in the second half of the season, it hasn't been that effective. And what's made his season so special is, you know, he's right up there with the best five-on-five -five producers in the National Hockey League. Most of the game is still played at even strength, but the guys that absolutely go to town and rack up the points, you know, they feast on the power play. And so the fact that he's, uh, you know, sitting on the four power play goals or is it up to five now? Um, Which is so incredible. Right. Like, whatever the case, like, you know, it, 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 yeah, like, get him into double digits at the very least next season and... You know, it may sound like a small difference, but you double your power play output uh, on the goal front at the very least. Like, you know, there's five points that you aren't getting this year. And, you know, it may be the, like, I, I think he's going to get to 100, but ultimately if he comes up short, I think we'll look at that power play goal total and think like, oh man, you know, what if? more power play goals. Yeah. What if? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's got the kind of game that has shown now. Like, yeah, I, I don't get the feeling. Just based on where he is in his career, he's five years younger than JT Miller. Um, and not that Miller couldn't, if the team improves, like, you know, would I sit here and be absolutely blown away if JT Miller had another massive season like that? I, I can't say I would, but I'm not expecting it. But still, for him to be anywhere close to a point-of-game player, like, that's a pretty solid contribution, especially if he eliminates the defensive miscues and the turnovers and all that kind of stuff. And he's done a pretty nice job of that yeah. uh, since the coaching change. Oh, yeah. The, the JT giveaways are, are gone now out of his game, really. Now watch, he's going to throw a pizza. I was going to say, I'm not going to go that far just yet. <laughs> it's funny, too, though, with PD, because I think uh, a lot of us thought, yeah, you know, like, you know, 80 to somewhere between a point a game player and 90 points would be, you know, sort of his ceiling. But now it feels like, you know, you know, it's high 80s to 90 points, you know, per per year. And, you know, maybe cresting 100 points here and there uh, could ultimately be 
uh, the future for Elias Pettersson. But you're right. If the team gets better, it's all going to be on the back of uh, number 40 as well. All right. Uh, who did you think did something in this game? And of course, it's always presented by Jason Hominick at Jason.Mortgage. Yeah, well, certainly Elias Pettersson coming through with the two goals. The second of those at 13.09 in the third period. Stabs up was the game winner. But I feel like we could pick PD on a lot of nights. We do pick PD on a lot of nights. Uh, nice to see Brock Besser score on consecutive nights for the first time all season. I know it's an empty netter. He's up to 15 now, half of his projected 30 uh, from that uh, training camp interview. Uh, but that's something that I've been watching too all season is, you know, could he back up a night with another one? And like they all count. The 15th is the empty netter. It goes on in his record, but it was more that chance early in the third. I, it would have been great if he had scored then because that would have been two nights in a row, you know, beating goaltenders cleanly with shots, sort of taking us back in time a little bit. But yeah, I mean, the two-point night for Brock Besser, uh, two-point night for Kuzmenko. So there were a number of candidates here, but you only get one chance to make your NHL debut. And while he didn't blow me away, there was enough there that I want to see more of Aiden McDonough. And so for him to be able to come in and uh, you know get a chance to step onto the ice, do the solo lap, a United Center, one of the great buildings in the National Hockey League, have his family in attendance, all of that. Uh, I mean, it makes a, a good night for Aiden McDonough. So he's going to be my did something guy on this night. We'll go with the hashtag NHL debut. And that will get you in to the contest for the $25 gift card to the Dutch. Now, just let me take a second here to tell you that I went to the Dutch this morning for Ooh. breakfast. Ooh. Family breakfast. We went to the New West location. Food was incredible. Service was great. Uh, still full. May not have to eat for a while here. Uh, went for the big strawberry and banana whipped cream panic cooking. It was uh, terrific stuff. So uh, thanks to Dutch for uh, the great meal and for uh, supporting us here on Rinkwide all season long with the hashtags and the did something. And of yeah. course, did something a presentation of Jason Hominick, as you mentioned. And uh, Jason Hominick is another guy that we want to thank him for his support as the season winds down here and he can support you. And he has supported Sakaris and Price listeners. This season, he's come on board with us here at Rinkwide and he saves people money. Do you hear me when I say that? Saves you money. And who doesn't want to save money? Uh, he's got the expertise, the wherewithal, the know-how. Uh, he knows what you need when it comes to mortgage products. So reach out, get him on your side, have him go to battle with the banks rather than you doing it yourself because uh, you want to save some money. So uh, all the contact information is available on his website, jason.mortgage. He's our mortgage broker friend, Jason Hominick. You really want to treat yourself, start your day off at the Dutch. Oh, yeah. And then give Jason Hominick a call and, <laughs> and talk some mortgage with him. Hey, you can talk hockey as well. Big hockey fan uh, is Jason. But yes, send that hashtag NHL debut into the Go Goat Sports inbox, 778-402-9680, and that'll get you into a draw to win a $25 gift certificate to BC's Best Breakfast. Check them out at thedutch.com and take J-Pat's word for it. They are delicious. I haven't had a Dutch in a while, and honestly, maybe I'll do that this Overdue. week. Overdue. Yeah. I'll treat myself. And Canucks treated themselves to a win tonight in Chicago 4-2 as Elias Pettersson finds the back of the net twice. This has been another edition of the Rinkwide Vancouver Podcast presented by Bodog for Jeff Patterson. I'm Andrew Wadden. Remember, Rink Wide is the show that always scores.